Hey, this is Art Gerkins with Fairfield County, Connecticut Postal Customer Council, and welcome to Postal Biz Buzz. Today's guest is Tom Mackle. Tom is the president of Engage Marketing Inc., QRM Inc., and co-founder of Freewheel by P. Sterling, LLC. Each of these businesses have been developed from Tom's background in direct mail and database marketing. Today, we're going to talk about political mailings, and perhaps Tom can give us some insight on some of the tools he recommends using in order to launch a successful political mailing campaign. Tom, welcome, and thanks for joining us today. Hi, Art. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, thank you. Hey, before we begin, I thought I'd mention I was reading your bio and realized we may have a couple things in common. I lived in Southern California for about a decade back when the Las Vegas slash Oakland Raiders were called the L.A. Raiders and played their games at the L.A. Coliseum. Yeah, yeah, I, I used to go to games with my brothers and my father, uh, see Marcus Allen and Bo Jackson yeah. back in the day. Yeah, that's that's the time period I was out there, and they actually won a Super Bowl back in those days. So um, that's great. And I see you went to USC, another uh, as a child. That was the school I followed. So we have that in common. And also, um, my degree is actually in English with a concentration in English literature. And reading your bio, I, I think the, it mentioned that you have the same. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> so somehow, um, our past took us into the business of mail marketing and communications. So with that, I'd like to start off by saying, how's business? But I imagine you would ask me which one. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, right right now, it's the election season, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, my business or businesses have all been bootstrap businesses from the ground up, and yesterday we had released uh, 8.1 million pieces of mail, and uh, just astounding to think, uh, you know, where we were uh, 22 years ago and uh, where we are now and everyone told us that the direct mail business was not going to be a business because of the internet and email mm-hmm. and uh, I'm living proof that uh, it's the opposite. Right. Um, I could certainly attest to that. I run a, a university mail center here and you know during this whole pandemic we were considered essential personnel because you know, although people were working remotely and from home, the mail never stopped. It came in every single day and people were expecting it. And we had to get creative in, in ways to, to get them their mail. So it is a, it is an essential service if, if you sit back and think about it critically. Um, I know that we're weeks away from election day. Can, can you talk about some best practices for political mailings? Sure. Um, you know, we've, uh, embraced uh, many of the emerging products over the years with the U.S. Postal Service. And uh, from our perspective, uh, the enterprise payment system, that's the, uh, you know, computerized bank debiting to make payments for mailings makes life extremely easy for political mailers who uh, get funds in at the last second and, and need to execute and launch at a moment's notice, uh, we use the uh, seamless acceptance, which is part of the Postal Service's full service, uh, where we process the mail through the you know appropriate hygiene and uh, u- utilize the intelligent mail barcode. Mm-hmm. And we take that intelligent mail barcode and deploy the other postal 
products such as Inform Visibility to track the containers and the pieces downstream all the way to delivery, as well as use Inform Delivery, which I believe there's just about 30 million uh, consumers that are subscribed to Inform Delivery. And uh, Inform Delivery seems to be the most exciting uh, exciting uh, aspect uh, for this political season with our clients, even though it is just an ancillary add-on service when we give them the reports. They're just ecstatic at the fact that they get um, extra value in the spend that they have for their mailings. Right, and and that kind of gives them a, a an almost real-time picture of where, where the mail is moving in, in the mail stream. Do I have that right? Yes, and, and uh, it's effortless from the standpoint that uh, that they can have unique click-throughs um, and call-to-actions that will actually uh, report, uh, you know, engagement uh, through, you know, other online systems that those clients have built. Uh, so, yes, you're exactly on point, and, and it can be automated in a way that... Uh, uh, that I think that's where the excitement factor comes in. Everybody, everybody loves, uh, you know, if they were selling on eBay or they had some type of an e-commerce store, uh, when they get those purchases, those first purchases as a as a new e-commerce business, uh, our clients seem to love when they get these automatic uh, call to action responses through informed delivery as a result of the mail. Right. Um, and tra- dropping back to EPS, the enterprise payment system, that used to be the CAP system. And a, a quick story about that. I remember 26 years ago, I was a brand new manager and you used to have to worry about you know, talking to the purchasing department and getting a check for the mailings and this and that. And one time over the, the Christmas break, I got a phone call from the post office that they had a mailing sitting there from the admissions department and they needed a check. Now, back then, admissions wasn't working hand in hand with me. And I panicked. I says, Oh my God, you know, I had to call our vice president and during the Christmas holiday for him to authorize someone cutting a check for a mailing. And so that enterprise payment system is just a, a godsend for someone like me. It's just the money's always there and. We just do it electronically and you never have to worry. So they've really come a long way in the last couple of decades with how, how they conduct business with the consumers. It's a simple tool, uh, but in political election mail, uh, political campaigns uh, come and go. And uh, for mail service providers, if you haven't uh, collected your service fees, and worse, if you hadn't collected postage or you had fronted postage for a political campaign, mm-hmm. uh, November 4th, uh, those entities no longer exist. And, uh, you know, it would be good, you know, good luck to anyone trying to collect on, uh, a campaign that, uh, that is just going to disappear. And, and I think that we've all seen headlines after elections that, uh, you know, the loser, you know, is in debt millions of dollars and, and so forth. So the enterprise payment system for political campaign mail has made it uh, a no excuses, uh, uh, easy system to enable people like myself to be able to uh, launch mailings um, anywhere. And also integrated with that is mail anywhere, of course, mm-hmm. which also gives us the ability to 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 use other 
uh, you know, use state party permits and so forth and, and mail um, back into the states uh, if we don't have a, a particular presence uh, with that mail anywhere as a part of EPS. Right. And, um, well, let's let's talk a little bit about this upcoming election. The, the USPS has been in the news these past few months with regards to their ability to move mail with an emphasis on mail-in ballots. What tools are you aware of that the Postal Service has in its arsenal to ensure that mail-in ballots do not become an issue in this election? You know, I have my own personal feelings, and mm-hmm. these are these are my personal opinions in, in being in this industry. Uh, and uh, you know, my my overall thought first is is that uh, having attended several uh, area inspiring meetings over the years, which has uh, included election board officials from various counties across the country, mm-hmm. uh, being in the political mail space and also being a representative. Uh, for uh, political consultants, uh, I've I've had the conversations with these election officials to to realize that most of them uh, treat absentee ballot preparation and processing, or uh, you know any type of vote by mail process for their state prior to COVID as uh, you know as a as a side job. They're they're typically somebody that's working in a county department and they see themselves maybe in the county recorder's office doing something with property deeds or marriages or whatever the other uh, day-to-day duties are. And every other year, an election rolls around. And prior to COVID, you know, maybe 10% of the voting uh, population within that county was requesting a ballot. And, and of course, there are uh, disparate vote-by-mail systems across the country. In the West Coast, we've had full vote-by-mail, full permanent absentee ballot, and, and uh, you know, and, and you move down maybe into the South, and, and you have to have a medical excuse, or it used to be that way. But, mm-hmm. but my point is, is that, uh, that these election officials, you know, and it's not a ding on them, it's just it, it doesn't happen that often for them mm-hmm. uh, to do uh, this this mail production. So they're amateurs. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's easy to blame the post office when, you know, when they're the ones that are late into the mail stream. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, we hear everybody in the, the leadership uh, demand that election mail should be treated as first-class mail. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, the post office sends out a letter explaining that there's a difference between first-class mail service and third-class or, or marketing mail service. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and then everybody beats up on the post office over the fact that this mail is being inducted in as marketing mail. And, you know, the Postmaster General, no matter who the Postmaster General is and, and operations, they can say that they're going to treat it as first-class mail. Mm-hmm. But when the amateurs prepare it as marketing mail, or or even if they contract out to an, a professional MSP to prepare it as marketing mail, uh, those container tags and the sortations mm-hmm. are for NDCs and tags that uh, that direct that mail as third-class mail. So the post office can only do so much. Um, we've been mailing um, 
some election mail through our partners, uh, and uh, we most we mail mostly political campaign mail that's going out either prior or at the same time. And I actually sent a letter uh, to our account representative to slow down the delivery of our mail uh, to the standard because the um, you know the 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 dust up over this has caused the post office to actually go out of their way to move all the mail they can faster and faster, and uh, now we're having to reset you know our schedules um, you know uh, outside of what our you know, typical expectations is that if we drop something into a SCF plant on a Monday, yeah. you know, our expectation is Thursday, not not Tuesday or Wednesday. Right. Well, I, I can comment on that as someone, I, I actually live in the, the smallest city in Connecticut, and our town clerk recently sent an email informing us they had processed nearly 1,300 absentee ballots now, as a reference point, the most absentee ballots process in the past 20 years was in 2016, and that was just over 300. So in this random non-scientific sampling, that's over a 300% increase in one small town in America. So if we see those trends throughout the country, it looks like the Postal Service is going to be doing, they're, they're going to be moving a lot of mail. Any thoughts? Oh, y- Yes. Uh, however, the industry's changed over the years and the technology and the sortation uh, methods that this, um, you know, this the alarm from the general public about uh, network rationalization and removal of uh, uh, delivery point barcode sorters uh, is a little bit unfounded from the standpoint that you know, most of the mail being injected into the system now is being presented by some type of a uh, printer or mail service provider uh, that we've sorted it down so much that 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 we've um, you know eliminated two or three passes on those particular pieces of equipment. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, post offices, the post office is in good shape to. Uh, to get this mail delivered, I will say that there, you know, if you if you go onto Postal Pro, uh, the USPS site uh, called Postal Pro, and you can Google it. I believe it's PostalPro.USPS.com. Um, you can get the AIM meeting reports where they'll typically be uh, service quarterly service performance reports, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, issues with service tend to be more regionalized. Uh, it seems that the Midwest has a little more challenges, say, than uh, than the West Coast. Uh, and it's unfortunate because that's where the battleground states are. Right. Well, um, let's let's switch it over a little bit. If, if I were a candidate and was interested in hiring your firm to assist my campaign, uh, what would that conversation be like? I mean, do you work backwards from Election Day to plan your political mailings so that they're most effective? Like... Um, that, where does the conversation start? Like, I'm, I'm interested in running for office, and I, I, I want to start a political mailing campaign. Well, politicians or candidates uh, running for office, even experienced uh, elected officials that are moving up the ladder to seek higher offices, uh, uh, 
you know, they may not know it, but, but, uh, we always see that they're highly emotional. It's very personal. It's, it's, it's about the most personal, uh, business class male, uh, out there. Um, you know, they're set off by attack pieces on the other side. They're, uh, set off by timing and, and sequencing of omni-channel messaging. Uh, so it's important for us to have a conversation with with the candidates to uh, to try to set a mail plan early, uh, and also to try to get candidates to uh, mail earlier than later, because uh, then we get them um, you know sort of acclimated to the process and understanding what's go- you know you know how this all works, and and of course how to leverage. The additional tools like informed delivery and and, and uh, tracking through informed delivery. So, very important to to size up, you know, from our perspective, a candidate's willingness to lay out a mail plan. If if, mm-hmm. if they're going to shoot from the hip, right. then they're probably not a good fit for us. We're we're, we're certainly pro mail and and uh, uh, every piece of somebody else's mail somehow impacts more mail on our side. So we always want to be helpful, but uh, but uh, we've evolved to a position where we're very, um, you know, I don't know what the right word is, but but we're, we're certainly uh, an outfit that likes to get candidates who will set out a repetitive mail plan and not shoot from the hip, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Um, you know, to understand, you know, all that's involved. I, I ran for office years ago and, and served in my local town council. And um, yeah, that was, that, that was, I remember going back, that was a key, having a plan and knowing the dates when you wanted to hit and certain times and you, you try to keep it positive, then the other person goes negative and it gets, you get into that whole mudslinging game. If you have a plan, you don't usually fall into that trap. Um, I, I also see that you're in, in the mailers technical advisory um, board. You're a representative there? Yeah. Yep. Um, they, you know, can you tell a little bit about your involvement with that? Sure. So the mailer, the Postmaster General's Mailers Technical Advisory Committee is uh, established uh, as approximately 50 different uh, associations, national associations, uh, which enlist three of their members to be representatives to the Postmaster General's Mailer Technical Advisory Committee. Mm-hmm. Uh, we meet quarterly. In pre-COVID, we would meet at Postal Headquarters, and now we're all on Zoom meetings. Uh, But it's a great opportunity for the industry to exchange, uh, you know, ideas with postal leadership and amongst each other. It's been fantastic for my association, the American Association of Political Consultants, Mm -hmm. uh, because uh, we were really uh, uh, under the radar uh, vertical uh, for volume and revenue of mail, uh, but uh, but being part of that mailers technical advisory committee and uh, the post office's um, you know attention on election and political mail, uh, I've really been a focus at uh, 
and the attention has brought, been drawn into the American Association of Political Consultants at those meetings uh, for the past year and a half because we all knew that uh, the political season was coming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, interesting. Um, I, I actually was fortunate to go down to Postal Headquarters and, and see the MTEC um, when I was part of the PCC Advisory Board. And the work that they do in bringing in all these do- different uh, groups and organizations to speak up on on their little niche in the in the mailing business is just incredible to watch. I mean, you have so many groups there, the colleges and universities, you have the pre-sorters, you have the political mailers, et cetera. So it is, it is great. And hopefully we'll get back to that where we can all meet in person and and express those ideas, you know, like I say, up front and in person. Um, are you are you a member of a, a postal customer council out in California? Yes, uh, Sierra Coastal. Sierra Coastal. Where where is that? Um, that is uh, kind of North Los Angeles County, the San Fernando Valley. Oh, okay. Uh, area and, and up north in the Palmdale. Oh, okay. I, I know it well. As I mentioned, I lived out there for a little while. So, hey, CR Coastal, welcome to Postal BizBuzz. Um, anything else, uh, Tom, that you'd like to share with us? Are you working on any projects? Do you want to plug anything that you're you're doing these days or um, you know, anything else that may be of interest to our listeners? Well, well I, you know, I guess I would say from the postal product side, uh, the technology investments that the post office has made, again, in mail payment entry and uh, in visibility and, uh, you know, providing access to uh, data with uh, these logical and assumed delivery events where they're able to actually now uh, notify mailers when letter mail has actually reached the mailbox is, is just really exciting uh, stuff for me. Um, I uh, had mentioned before we started on the call that I'm a new user to the window book, you know, post uh, mail, you know, logistics processing tools. And mm-hmm. and uh, for years, I would go to national postal forums mm-hmm. looking uh, at the different vendors. And I never really saw exactly where the, the, the large suite of window book products would, would really fit my need. And for the huge volumes that we're doing in this political cycle, um, you know, they were they were astonished yesterday when we were on this call that that, that we had, you know, put 40, 47 million pieces of mail through their system in in like two and a half weeks, and uh, you know, so again, we're we're an interesting niche, and the technology is very exciting, and uh, and I think that there's. Blue Ocean for people that are in the mail business and this retargeting mm-hmm. uh, and programmatic direct mail. Uh, every website out there in the world is trying to do some type of uh, capture and remarket to people who visit a website. And uh, the statistics are in that that those that are retargeting uh, website visits through the direct mail mm-hmm. uh, are really getting huge lifts. Uh, because unlike uh, spam mm-hmm. and uh, and hitting people up with banner ads that are, are obvious retargets, uh, companies like Wayfair or uh, I mean Zappos mm-hmm. uh, are are just making huge strides with with doing these retargeting 
direct mail pieces to customers with abandoned shopping carts and and of course the customer receives the direct mail piece and sees it as a huge win uh because they got a coupon and and yeah. it's just it's it's connected but it's not and right. so that's what I'm excited about uh for the future right i remember um years ago when i first started in the business um if you filled out one of those college inquiry cards where and right. you, you you checked the box on what interested you each name that we receive would generate 21 different mailings. I mean, if you liked football, you got a letter from the football coach. If you were interested in theater, you got a letter from the theater director. And, you know, um, band, you play, you were interested in, in a musical instrument, you got something from the band uh, director. Just incredible how, you know, those little inquiry cards that you fill out at the college fairs would generate so much mail. And they they track it. I've seen in years where you get the QR codes and and the the, the personal web pages, the pearls, and just uh, marketing and direct mailing, and you put it all together. It's just incredible, uh, an incredible amount of technology that's that's behind it that drives it all, and just good you know good old common sense on sitting down, having a plan, and knowing who your target audience is. Um, you can't say enough about that. I love I love that example. You you and I obviously do have a lot in common, and, and <laughs> I look forward to sometime meeting you in person. Well, if you're ever in the postal forum, I'm I'm generally there or at uh, Mailcom. You know, I go to that sometimes. But uh, yeah, it sounds good. You want to you want to end with something from your English literature days? <laughs> I'm putting you on the spot now. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I mean, I yeah. love John Hughes. I love John Cheever. I always. Yeah. I always think of myself, I love to swim in swimming pools and yeah. love John Cheever. Well, I'm a Dickens guy. I love Charles Dickens and I usually gobble up anything that, you know, anything that's out there in the paperback. So, that's um, great. well, yeah. let's, let's wrap it up then. Um, this has been Ark Erkins with the Fairfield County, Connecticut Postal Customer Council. And you've been listening to our bronze award winning, um, Postal BizBuzz podcast. And you could find us on the web at www.pcc-ct.org. And you could listen to this podcast on everywhere that podcasts are available, particularly Apple, Google, and Sporacle. So, Tom, again, thank you very much for your time today. And, you know, who knows? Uh, I look forward to, you know, perhaps meeting you in person one day. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Art. This was fun. Okay. Thanks, Tom. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.